Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show, the big show, the most important and critically acclaimed podcast that is recorded in our car. Welcome to the show. Today, we're driving the Hemi Studio and 1,574 RPMs going right down this little kind of rickety two-lane, quote-unquote, highway. It's a state highway, and if you want to know why that's important, you should read Spice's recent article on finding your way around not using a GPS. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. This is another prepper case, though. Prepper cases are a a new kind of article I thought would be kind of fun, where I describe a situation where Salty and I have been needed to rely on our preps and have done so either successfully or not so much to resolve the situation. We lay out the situation and then you get to uh, take the quiz. How would you handle a similar situation? Are the preps you have on hand, including your discussions with your family members, your skills, and your physical stuff, sufficient to deal with the problem posed? How would you do it? So, here's the situation. Once upon a time, Salty and I were visiting a town about 100 miles from here. Beautiful day, nice day for a bike ride. They've got a great bike trail that terminates kind of close to the town and starts out a ways, long way away. So we're going to ride on this bike trail. Well, I'm up for a good long ride that day, but Salty recently got over a knee surgery. And he can ride, but he can't ride the distances he was riding before the knee injury. He's still working his way back up. Um, At that point in time. Yeah. So he can't ride as far as I can, but he's got some other stuff he wants to do. It's a beautiful day to take some pictures. He drops me off a ways down the trail. I think it was like 60, 70 miles that day. Something like that. that. Drops me off on the trail. We have a plan on meeting at the parking lot close to the edge of the town that I'm going to be riding toward. And off I go. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful ride. I enjoy the ride a whole lot. For the first about, oh, you know, 50 miles, 55 miles, getting close to the point where we're supposed to meet. And this trail is an old rail trail that runs between river bluffs and river. But the river got a little naughty in the last few weeks. The river does get naughty from time to time. They do these things. And it had undercut the trail, eroded the trail, and the trail had fallen off completely into the river. So normally when there's a trail problem, I just pick up the bicycle and portage around it. That's one advantage to traveling on a bike instead of in a car. Worst case, you could generally uh, just like, go back to the road, last road and hop on the road a little bit and work your way around it. But this is not that kind of a trail. There is no road. There's a fairly long stretch where the trail is pinned right between the river and the river bluffs, which are... Straight up cliffs, up 40, 50 feet high. Some Beautiful them, place yeah. to ride a bike. Don't Some of them are up to 150 feet. I mean, you're not... Yeah. These are, these are lax cliffs. I'm not portaging a bicycle over that. Yeah, I couldn't I climb that. I a picture of that on the, on the uh, podcast thing. I've yeah. got a lot of pictures of these cliffs. <laughs> we take a lot of pictures of this place because it's beautiful. beautiful. Nice place to ride a bike. So it ain't happening. Okay. I live in the modern world. I pull out my cell phone to call Salty and tell him I'm not going to make that rendezvous. But Limestone River Bluffs do a great job of blocking cell signal, especially in a rural place where there's not many towers. I got nothing. And 
unbeknownst to her, but known to her, is the fact that I'm actually not very far away from her, supposedly. That's the plan, anyway. And he may not have signal but either. I don't have signal either. I know that parking lot where I'm parking does not have cell phone signal just because it's down in a river valley, and they just, it doesn't have signal. So, modern nightmare, right? Need to connect with somebody, and there's no cell signal. <gasps> And she's now 125, 130 miles from home. It's in the afternoon. And yeah, she could make it on her bike, but it would probably be after dark by the time she could get home on her bike. <laughs> probably, yeah. It'd be dark before I could make it back to the spot where he dropped me off, 50 miles up the trail. But you know what I'm doing, saying. Yeah. So getting home by myself is wasn't a thing we wanted to do either. And getting back to the first spot, I could do it. And it's a fallback plan. But not my first call. So right, that, that has actually become 100-plus miles of biking on a casual Sunday or Saturday afternoon on a gravel trail. And if you haven't ridden on a gravel trail, there's such hard rolling resistance. So even though they're very flat because it's a rail trail, you get a lot of rolling resistance. So it's, it's, it's some work to ride on. Yeah, I could do it, but I'd be a tired puppy and it would take me a while. So that's the basic situation. You are in a spot with somebody you care about, far from home. You need to make connections. Your original plan falls through completely. Uh, maybe you, you dropped them off at a conference and go to explore the town or something like that, and you were supposed to pick them up later. Whatever. The original plan to reconnect fails. You don't have any way to connect with them electronically. How are you going to do it, and how successful are you going to be? I hope that you will, if it's safe to do so, pause the podcast right here, formulate a real answer, and then check your answer with the other person. Because we've done that before, and what one person's assumptions on what they should do did not match the other person's assumptions on what they were going to do. So well, we learned that trick. Please do that now. Check it out, and uh, check with your partners to see what they would have done about it too, and see if you would have matched up easily. Okay. Now we're back. Um, before we go on, do you need to stop and get? Your, we're driving. Past I do not. Stop and I'm get good. Your we're, we're driving past uh, one of these, uh, one of the many Mennonite stores that we go to to get our prepping supply. Pressing right along, baby carrot cake. Pressing Don't need carrot cake either. So what we did. Sorry, not sorry. Our story does not have a traumatic ending. Nope, nothing traumatic about it. Uh, I turned around. I went back just a few miles up the road, took a short side spur on a break in the river bluffs to where I knew there was another uh, trail inlet. And before I got all the way up to that parking lot, here's Salty pedaling down on his bike, going for his bike ride. He'd gotten to the far end, uh, seen the notice that they had there that the trail was closed just a few miles up. Actually, you, you, you've got this right so far, but I'll bet you don't know what I did next. Take it. I hopped on my bike, and it said, because it said trail was closed like six miles uh, down towards it. So I rode the six miles towards where the trail was closed to see if it was really closed or one of these, yeah, pick your bike up, stick it over your shoulder, and and carry it you know, 30 feet, which is sometimes what these trail closures are. Yeah. 
people just ignore them and go around them or or there's a pathway that you can get around it through the woods or something like that but no this this baby was closed that path it was gone it was river and it was cliff it was it so now he knows i'm not on that chunk of trail between him and the closure so he went back to the place we had already decided was going to be our fallback meeting position started down the trail to see if i was there he probably i'm guessing checked at the trailhead to see if there was a note from me yet i did yep but i didn't think the time would work yeah because Too soon. i had to drive well first of all you know she she travels at 17 miles an hour on the trail that does not sound like much unless you're a cyclist but if you're riding on a gravel trail at 17 miles an hour, actual time, not she's going 17 miles an hour. No, that's actual travel time, including stops and all that stuff. It's, it's a cumulative 17 miles an hour. So I could pretty easily calculate where she's going to be unless she has a flat, which, you know, happens. But unless she has a flat, I know that, you know, from this town to this town, it's going to take her 15 minutes. And from this town to this, so I could pretty well tell exactly where she's going to be. I got a pretty good idea, um, but that's just knowing, knowing your partner and knowing your situation and knowing how things work, um, and I know how fast she could possibly get there. And then after that, it's it's a matter of okay, is she going a little slow? Did she have a problem? Did she decide to stop and look at the flowers? You know, this kind of stuff. She's not much of a stopping look at flowers person. She likes to watch them in a blur. I'm a stop and looking at the flowers person, um, which is fine. That's why we don't ride together, because we just don't ride the same speed. Yeah. In case you were wondering. But anyway, so I went, I checked to make sure that the closed was actually closed, and it was. And then I got back to my car, loaded the bike back in, and went directly to plan B. And as I got there, I got out of the car, I got on my bike with a pad of paper, and a pen. Obviously, she gets to the end, she sees the car, she uses her key, she gets in the car, we're good. So I don't need to leave a note there. She knows where I'm going to be parking. Um, so I go down to the, my, my idea is to go down to the spur head and leave a note on the kiosk as to which way I went. And guessing what time it was, I would have gone... Um, this way or that. And I also noticed on the kiosk, was there a sign that says trail closed ahead? There was not. So she would not have known that the trail was closed. So I know she could be down that way. So that's why I was going to leave. But she caught me before I got to the kiosk. Yep. She had already gone past and she was making good time. And if that parking lot had been closed and he couldn't get down to the trail from that route, plan C. C. I was counting to see where we were. Would have been for me to go all the way back to our original drop-off point and make connections to there. head towards our original drop-off yeah. point. And Check notice boards along the way. I know every we've ridden this trail a bunch of times. I know every single parking lot along the way. And just, just as you hit towards a parking area, they're usually anywhere from uh, 6 to 11 miles apart. As you hit every single parking area, just look to see if I'm there or look to see if I've left a note. I, if I don't have a pad of paper, we have a signal that we actually literally scrape into the ground on the trail at a particular spot as to, K okay, this way. I, mean, I used that before, too, because we 
we do this. Yeah, uh, we, we actually, we've actually been doing this since before reliable cell phones on the entire trail. So, because it's kind of a big deal, you leaving a family member out there kind of alone by themselves. That's the thing. We're talking about being far away from home and far away from most of the people who would we would know who would be able to call and help us. So being able to make connections with your people again, especially when you're far away from home, is a big deal. And that's why I wanted to do this case. Now, some features that I want to show in the plan. We, of course, had a plan to meet each other. And we had our cell phones. And then we had actually three backup plans after that. The the first one worked. If that one hadn't worked, the second one would have worked, but I would have been pretty tired by the time I got there and I'd have been riding in the dark. Okay on a rail trail, but not optimal. Would have worked. Yeah, those gates, there are gates that are not lighted. You can really <laughs> kill yourself on those. Things. I would have been hoping it was a, a moony, moon <laughs> lit night. I don't remember if it was or wasn't because I wasn't out that long. Uh, the last fallback plan would have been to then call for other assistance, like call 911 and say, hey, well, I had all these plans, couldn't make connection with the guy. Maybe he had a car accident or something after that. I wouldn't necessarily recommend 911, but... Well, you get the idea. It's call for outside help at that point. Yeah. So we had several layers of backup plans. Because being separated from the people you care about when you're far away from home and none of you can get... Well, not all of you can get home reliably and safely without a major hassle, that's a big deal. And it's worth having plans and making sure everybody knows the plans. I will tell you, in today's world, my, one of my biggest concerns in the prepper world right now, maybe my biggest concern, is the vast over-reliance people put on cell phones. They're relying on cell phones and cell phones only for communications. And this is a really bad idea because cell phone networks go down. And if your cell phone networks go down, that means your Facebook app goes down. That means your partner app goes down. That means your, uh, what's it, whatever it is. Uh, Instagram, texting, all you, of it's you, gone. You lose everything. You lose your means to communicate via that phone. You need to have a backup plan. I mean, what if I had instead wiped out? Psycho Squirrel runs in front of me and I hit Psycho Squirrel. It's happened before. It happens a lot. <laughs> uh, and I end up kind of smearing across the trail a little bit. I've broken my bike in those situations. Uh, I, I was able to do a, a, a trail fix and hobble it home in too high a gear, but I got there. But there's no guarantee that the bike's going to be rideable after that. There's no guarantee that my person is going to be bikeable after that. I could easily have landed on the phone and squished it, or it, it falls out of my pocket and drops down into the river. Things happen. So having these these plans, it turned what could have been a major hassle of a problem caused by that washed-out trail into a minor inconvenience, and we both still got a beautiful ride in, and it was a nice day. Another aspect of it, which I doubt she's touched on, but I think is very important, is not only are our safety plans important for our own safety, like when we're riding on the trail, but we can be of a great assistance to people who weren't planning and who weren't uh, paying attention. For Here's a couple of examples. Let me give you a couple of examples. 
um, the Skeeter tire. <laughs> yes, that was memorable. Tire? I remember the Skeeter tire. Oh, my gosh. I am the swatter of many Skeeters. You want to tell the story or shall I? If, uh, go ahead. Okay, we were riding on the, on the same trail uh, over by St. Charles. And we were down in, the, in the, uh, the river bottom area where there's a lot of trees. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful area. Wetlands. Wetlands, right next to Maintained the Maintained by beavers. And the buffs. And it was getting on towards night. We were good. And then we saw these, this, this pair of uh, nice older people. I want to say they're our age now. But <laughs> at the time, they were older people. And, but they were walking the bike because she had a flat. And she had no way of fixing her. And I'm like, well... You know, they're five miles from town, and it hit towards dark. And there's, again, there's no way on this trail to, to, in that section, you know, you're walking the thing. And I'm like, okay, so I pull, we pull over. Uh, we are riding together at this point in time. And um, I noticed that the, uh, that the bike has the same size of uh, tire that my bike has. And I, I always carry a couple extra tubes. So I'm like, I can spare these people too. So I said, well, you know, would you like us to, to help you out with the changing your tire and get you going again? And well, that would be very helpful and all this kind of, and all of a sudden I feel this kind of stinging on my neck. Swat it, mosquito. The mosquitoes had discovered the buffet and we were it. It's not usually a problem when you're biking because you bike faster than the mosquitoes fly. But when you're down, man. That was the fastest tire change I think I have ever done in my life. She's, they were like, excuse me, I'm really good at this. So I, I popped the, bike, the tire off of the thing. Now, it was a, it was a uh, their bike was a uh, department store bike. So I actually carry a wrench in my toolbox to, so I could take the, the actual the, the department store bikes apart because they don't have the quick releases. They have the, the uh, bolt-on nuts. But I actually carry a wrench just for this situation. Our bikes don't require the tools, but lots of bikes do. Yeah, so I pop the tire thing off. I pop the tire off, pull the tube out. All right, I have no idea what I was talking about. We, we, got, we actually You were just, changing somebody's tire in uh, the middle of Skeeter Bottom. <laughs> we just got stopped by a police officer, so we had to deal with that. Uh, Somebody it, didn't change our license over. I'm not saying salty, by the yeah, way. The license office person didn't yeah, the license office get the license exchange right when we got this car. Our registration matched our other car for these plates, yada, yada. Yeah. And he was just wondering what was going on. But he was very nice. And we're going to do a podcast about how to deal with police officers <laughs> uh, when you get stopped. Because there are several things that you, you can do that will make your life much easier if you get stopped by a police officer. And I just did them. And it. You know, that was a very painless trip. Um, the fact that we weren't actually doing anything illegal. That always helps. Always helps. So, anyway, changing the tire. And we had two, one person holding the bike, one person changing the tire. That was me. And two people doing nothing but swatting Skeeters, literally. Yeah. I was swatting my Skeeters and Salty Skeeters. And uh, I think... The husband was keeping the skeeters off of his wife, who was holding her bike, and himself at the same time. That was a one fast tire change. Yeah, we got that tire changed out, and I got them partially, I got them partially filled up, and I'm like, "Look, okay, that'll get you five miles. Sprint, sprint to that road over there, okay? And then I'll finish. I'll finish. I'll make it because so that's she, in the sun. <laughs> so get, yeah, get back into the sun. So she rode the quarter mile up to the road, and then we stopped, and I finished up. 
pumping it up, pumping it up, mm-hmm. making sure everything was tight, making sure everything was straight. And, so and were... we were able to do a good deed there, and that's worth doing. Okay, um... uh, but the main thrust we were going for here is we had several layers of plans, and we had talked about them. It's not like you have to make a big drama out of this. But whenever we separate, when we're away from home, we make sure to say, okay, so I'm going to meet you at this place at this time. And if you're not there, I'm going to do this. And if that doesn't work, I'm going to do that. We just takes 15 seconds, but we say it out loud and make sure everybody's on the same page before we break connection with each other. Because it can be a very unhappy feeling to not know how you're going to reconnect with the people you need to reconnect to when you're a long way from home, particularly if you're a long way from everybody. And as important as that is, there's also one other piece to the puzzle that you have to keep in mind. You have to not only make the plans, but you have to have the ability to execute those plans. For example, if it's like, okay, well, we're going to meet back at the starting point. Well, are you fit enough to make it back to the starting point? Do you have the supplies? Do you have the water to make it back to the starting point? Do you have supplies so that if you have a flat tire, for example, you can fix the flat tire and make it back to the starting point? Because the, the traveling speed on bicycle versus foot is totally different. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you have to have the plans of, okay, so let's, let's say just... she's going on a, on a ride and she's only going 20 miles. And for those of you who don't ride, you're probably going 20 miles, but no. Trust us, 20 miles on a, on a rail trail is nothing. Um, unless it's like 120 degrees outside. Then it starts to be 20 miles, no big deal. But you know, you're not even going to drink a whole bottle of water. But you're going to take two because you never know. You know, you may taco your wheel and end up having to carry the bike out. I've you, ended up riding 15 and walking five. It, it happens. Chain broke. Yeah, your chain broke and... Unless you happen to have a spare chain, you know, you're, you're walking. It's amazing how Iowa does not maintain these roads. Yeah, we just ran into some snow across the road, so he's slightly distracted Four by that. Four or five that. days after the snow. Uh, one other thing, we both had paper and pencil with us because we know that if you have a plan to meet somebody and they're not there and you're supposed to go on to the next spot, you want to be able to let them know that you've been there and you've moved on to the next spot. And the ability to leave messages for each other that are not electronic is something a lot of people forget about. Three things that are, that are just great to have and they weigh nothing. Paper, pencil, and a small roll of scotch tape so you can tape the note up. Yeah, all those makeshift things to get notes to attach to things usually Never fail. Work. You know, <laughs> usually or they fail. tear up the... You know, nobody's mad if you, you know, use a piece of scotch tape on a, on a Kiosk. surface that's not going to mar. Nobody cares. But if you start using pins and nails and stuff like that, they, they care a lot. So, And pencils instead of pens, pens go dry because you don't need these preps very often. And pens do that. I use mechanical pencils because they don't need sharpening and I like them better. But they don't break very often. And they've got lots of lead in them. So... They don't run in when they get wet. Things like that. It's it, little stuff, but it's we've found it very helpful. And we've used it before. So those are things to keep in mind if you're going to be separated from your people. Uh, we hope you found this uh, useful and enjoyable. And if you did, please like, 
the podcast on your whatever prod, podcast provider it is you have, please recommend it to your friends and subscribe. And, and give us thumbs up. Stay connected. Five stars is good. Thank you.